you will always find what you're looking for. And I'm not talking about your car keys, or I guess in this day and age, I should say your key fobs or your glasses. What I'm talking about is behaviors on your team. After all, this is a leadership podcast, so I assume that's what we're talking about here. You know you have to be positive. You know you have to develop people and show a lot of gratitude and appreciation. But how do you do that when the whole world is against you? The mind is a powerful thing that through evolution, it's not supposed to be that way. So it's not 100% your fault for sure if you're not this type of leader. But now that we're talking about it, there's a whole lot of things you can do about it. And that's what we're going to get into right now. You found the Leadership Lifestyle Podcast, where we talk about all things leadership because leadership isn't just what you do, it's who you are. So we help to make you a better leader, help keep your sanity, and make your team better so you make more money. So every week we talk about a different topic that helps you do all those things. So hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Tell all your colleagues and friends, and let's get a discussion going on how we can grow together as better leaders. So being positive, so easy a caveman could do it, right? But what I'm really talking about is negativity. Our brains are hardwired to expect the worst. It was literally life and death as evolution of cavemen to technology all started. To them, every single thing, because they didn't have an understanding of everything in the world, was literally life or death. They expected the worst all the time. So now our brains have been wired for thousands of years to always expect the worst. And that's exactly what we do today, isn't it? Even though you know you, you need to be a positive leader, you need to show people the good and what they're focusing on is, is making a difference and all those things. But let's face it for just a second. It's actually much easier to be negative. I mean, just we have Murphy's Law. We have laws all about what can go wrong probably will. And we have an expectation of low expectations in other people. It, we're, we're like wowed when people come through. So we have this ingrained expectation that, you know what, I, I think everybody's going to fail. And if they win once in a while, we'll take it and we'll move on with our life. And that's how we're, we're, we're hardwired. But how do you feel with your work team when you notice things aren't done? Like maybe you haven't been there for a day or two or, or something. You walk in and things aren't the way they should be. What's your first response? Are you like, what in the hell happened around here? Or are you more of, wow, th this stuff isn't done? Something major must have happened that actually stopped them from doing what they should be doing. Like what is your automatic response to what you're seeing is it just you just jump right to the negativity but wait you're a leader you know or at least i hope you know negative leadership doesn't work anymore it it doesn't yeah, there was this whole tough love thing it, you you go back and look at leadership over the decades and how it started and how it is today and how leadership has changed how people are way more in tune with culture and where they want to work and are they making a difference and all those things. And it's quite odd. You, know, you could find jobs all over the place in all different kinds of areas. It is not that hard. So when you're in a situation where it's just all negative or, or it's almost like a, a drill structure mentality, 
people will leave and they will go find a, a better environment. So we know that doesn't work. And companies are obsessed with positive leadership for the, over the past couple of years, for sure. And, and I, I use air quotes with that positive leadership because, you know, it's not a normal thing that happens, meaning it's not ingrained in your brain to always be positive and always be moving forward. I mean, I know it sounds cliche, but it really starts at the top. So for example, in your entire organization, if if your top level leadership isn't like that, it's almost impossible for, for lower level, mid-level leadership and certainly frontline leadership to be positive and, and looking for the good and the progress of things. Are you as a leader in your area as micromanaging as you think? In other words, what's controlling you? Would you want to be a certain style of leader? It, we all jump to that thinking we're micromanaged, that we just can't. We got to do what we're told and all that stuff. But take a second and really think, are you as micromanaged as you think you are? And can you do the things you want to do? Like who's really stopping you from that? Or if you've watched the, the Netflix show, Ted Lasso, where he is just overboard with positivity and wanting to do good and wanting to help people and all of that, can you be that person? And, and you, you know, on purpose, can you really do that day in and day out? Because we're not wired that way as human beings. So let's begin uh, with, you know, being negative about negativity. So number one, we're, we're already established that we are battling thousands of years of thinking. In other words, I mean, you could just equate how you were raised in, in your youth, just those couple of years of how you've turned out to be now. What are the things that trigger you? What are the things you worry about, have anxiety over, avoid? Because just how you were raised. Now, think about thousands of years of how people thought. And number two, like I said before, how are you led? And in your life too, not just at work. Like I talked in last week's podcast about, are you feeling like you're enough? It isn't just about work that can get you to, to move forward. I mean, everything in your life, your inner circle of friends, your spouse, your, your parents, everything, how is that guiding you? What are you hanging around? Like, what is your, what are you ingesting mentally all the time that gets you to think a certain way or not? Like, for example, if you're a cable news junkie, I would almost bet the mortgage that you're a negative person because that's all you hear is negativity. What's wrong? Everybody fighting and nobody really making any progress. They just want to argue because they want their side to win. So thinking about what are you taking in, both even if it's cable news, even if it's social media, everything you see on there, you think, oh, that must be what's going on in the world because I see it everywhere. And that might not actually be true. But you got to be careful of what you're mentally ingesting. And another thing, negativity is fun. I know that sounds kind of strange. What do you mean? You make fun of people at work? Well, no, you, you really can't. I mean, you want know, a trip to... Uh, you know, the HR office, stuff like that. But think about like late night shows and stand-up comedians. What's the first thing they do? They tell a bunch of jokes that put everybody put a bunch of people down. And it's just, it can be fun to one-up somebody. 
in uh, you know the world that seems to thrive on negativity rather than because you really if you think about it if everything was just a debate of ideas and solving problems it almost would sound kind of boring in a sense almost like a scientific study where you know not, there's not a lot of punchlines in, in those so negativity can be fun and you see that constantly just scroll through Twitter, which to me in the social construct is pretty much the sewer of humanity when it comes to thought that that's the immediate thing. Somebody posts something and the next very next post is like tearing that person down, not necessarily proving a point of whatever it is they said doesn't make sense, but literally tearing them down. It's, it's, it's like a sport. So I think we've talked about negativity uh, enough to get started. So I just want to make sure you understand what you're up against, because as much as you want to be a positive leader and you you know you need to, you know you want, you, you feel better. I mean, you're delivering good news. You're promoting someone. You have helped someone grow. Uh, and I've said this in previous podcasts that what got me started in this whole realm of leadership was actually coaching high school wrestling when I was young, 18, 19, almost 20 years old. Not that I had, you know, all the leadership concepts down and all that. I'm not saying that, but what I am talking about is uh, I would, I would coach junior varsity and I would get a lot of athletes that have never been on a mat before. So in a couple of months to see a kid who doesn't know anything, and then you see them in competition winning and getting their hand raised. It, it, it's it's a powerful feeling and you're not going to nag or bark at people or make them feel like garbage to get them there. So you have a lot that you're already up against and you know you need to do it. So you have to be purposeful in it. And the good news is there is some things, actually some, you know, quite honestly, some easy things you can do to really make this happen. So as an accountability piece here, so now that you know the why related to negativity, you should simply have a choice as an excuse or to be the leader you want to be. You don't get to use, and it's scientific data of what really makes the world negative. And it's true. But now that you know that, and hopefully you're growing, if you're listening to a podcast, obviously you want to learn to be better you have a choice to do the things you want to do. So like the title of this, this podcast says, you always get what you're looking for. When you are walking into a situation, when you are reading a report, when you are talking to your team, if you are expecting negativity and failure and lack of follow through, you're, you're going to find that. I, I've used this example before you know, throwing a ball in the house or a frisbee in the house. And you say in your mind, don't hit the lamp, don't hit the lamp. Well, you throw it right to the lamp because that's what you were thinking about. And you have to start thinking about what you do want, not what you don't want. So you will find what you're looking for. The question you got to answer is, well, what are you looking for? The good or the bad, the progress or the negativity. So knowing how easy it is to be negative, answer that question. Do you see the good in others? Or how about progress? 
yeah, I know you, you got to get results. We can't just, you know, sit around and have group hugs and, you know, oh, come on, we'll get better. You're doing fine. I get it. You, you are responsible to produce results. And that's what pays the bills. But consider this, the way you learn to get your team better is you like look at it this way. You can't imagine being at a football game, right? But all you can see is the scoreboard. Like you can hear the game. You can hear the cheering of the crowd. You know something happened or whatever. But the only thing you can see is a scoreboard. So just hard data of time left, possession of who has the ball, who scored, when, and what. And you miss so much. You miss progress. You miss, like, you ever watch a game, and even though the score is the score of whatever it is, but you're, you see a team controlling the ball more. You see a team working together more, even though the score may not even reflect that, or maybe they're barely winning. But you can see, wow, this team's really got it together, and this team's really struggling. They're throwing stuff at each other and being really negative. But you wouldn't know that if all you did was look at the scoreboard. So think about you in your office. Are you just reading reports, reading results, and saying, oh, well, we didn't make it this quarter, or we're close, or yeah, we're over this quarter, but that doesn't mean we're going to be over next quarter. Yeah, all of that. Do you really just key in on results, or do you really look at what happened? Because here's the thing. All the reports you are reading are really history reports. They already happened. And yeah, you got to have that. It's more like if you've ever uh, driven a boat you know, in the intercoastal and you have buoys and things, it, they just kind of point you in a direction. And that's what those reports are. Are you moving in the right direction? But you got to remember what created those reports was somebody's behavior. Somebody did something, somebody followed through on something or didn't follow through on something or made it happen. Or hopefully a whole group, you know, whoever is in your department, your team, your company, they're all doing things to get results. And how do you know if you are getting the right behaviors to generate the right results? So don't get so wrapped up in reports as far as like, this is your, your, your win-loss column yeah, that's what's documented, but you got to dig deeper than that if you're going to be an effective leader and say to yourself, what are the behaviors day in and day out that make that happen? That's where you got to live to be a proactive, positive leader. Then you got to look at it as how can I affect change to get people to be doing the things they should be doing? And you're not going to nag them into it for sure. And yet, you know what? You, you become an authoritarian and you threaten them for a while. Sure. Uh, for short term, You'll get some results just out of people being scared, but then after a while, that wears off and people tune out. And the next thing you know, you don't you don't hear a lot from people, and then things start not happening, and you're wondering what is going on. And by then, it's almost too late. So, this is not about being sappy or all touchy feely. Uh, it's about getting what you want by focusing on what you want. Team culture is about behaviors. And you have to focus on not only behaviors you want, quote unquote, meaning everybody's just happy, but I'm talking about behaviors that propel your business forward. In other words, are you paying your people to guess what to do or do they actually know what they're doing matters? Are they really executing? It's like, just because they're busy doesn't mean they're executing. You don't wanna confuse those two things. Oh, everybody's working. 
But is that really execution? Are you really getting some things done that you want to get done? So one of the things you got to do is you got to stop the what I call the shotgun accountability, meaning, you know, like if you shoot a handgun, it's one bullet in the target, right? So you shoot a shotgun, there's a bunch of stuff in the target, right? And a lot of times somebody will do something wrong or, or however you want to phrase it, wrong, not right, not good, whatever. And so then you blast, you email blast everybody. Please don't do X, Y, and Z. And 95% of people aren't do, doing whatever it is you're talking about. And they're like, well, I already am not doing this. So why are you telling me? Which on a one-off, you might think, oh, well, you know, it's not going to matter. But when you start feeding everybody a steady diet of that, you're really building a culture of, oh, if anybody screws up, it's partly my fault too. That doesn't even make sense. So hold accountable the people you need to hold accountable. But the people you don't, leave them alone. They didn't do anything. So stop with the shotgun accountability. But what about the things that go wrong? I'm not saying ignore it. You know, be stern to your strategy boundaries. Because people, once you start doing that, people will talk. They will spread the word. You tell them, hey, don't tell anybody. But you hold people accountable to the strategy boundaries. And that's what I mean. As a leader, you have to protect that. When you say, hey, these are the behaviors we agreed to do in order to get done what we want to get done. And when that doesn't happen, you hold that person accountable and people know it, whether you, and no matter how quiet you keep it, they will know it because one thing will have either that person will talk about it or they'll see a change in that person. Hopefully that's what you get is people doing what they should be doing. So that's what you really want to happen. So to be a positive leader, you have to recognize something deeper than a happiness ratio. In other words, like you can't have two emotions at once, right? So if you're in an anger mode, you can't be in a motivating mode. If you're in a sad mode, you can't be in happy mode, right? We all, we all can understand that. So you've got to judge as a leader, where are you going to spend your time? And when I talk about like, are you paying your people to guess? Well, I'm not just talking about what they actually do day in and day out. What about paying people to guess what version of you they're going to get? You as the leader, what version are they going to get? They're not sure. Is he mad today? Is he sad, happy, anxious? Uh, I don't know. You know, it's the steady diet thing day in and day out of what version of you are you showing? And you cannot be in two emotions at once. So you have to judge in what with the time you have. As much as we all work and feel attached to work and all of that, it is still limited time. You are not working inf infinitely. So you have just a small amount of time to figure out what, what, what version of me are they going to get 80, 90% of the time. So when that other version comes out, everybody's like, oh man, this, this really means something because this is not normal for this leader. So you have to make that decision. So... If I were to task you with making your team healthier, you would, you know, and I mean, like physically health. So if I just said, hey, go make your team healthier, you would immediately, without, without even probably thinking about it, you'd evaluate their food intake. How much exercise are they doing? You know, it just seems like a very easy thing to approach that everybody knows what that means. But what about their mental intake? Predominantly in, in all kinds of businesses, it's usually not 
the day-to-day stuff they're just supposed to know and how to do their job that wears them out. It's all of the mental challenges that disrupt. Like everything is a disruption. If you think about it, like very rarely can somebody just either sit at a desk or be at their post or however, you know, your, your workforce works and just do the thing they're paid to do with no interruptions, with no stress, no anxiety. There's none of that. So it's all about the mental intake. So it's kind of the opposite too. Like when you have a really well, well run operation, especially if you're serving the the customer directly and your team is just knocking out of the park and they're just their service is phenomenal and all that you have a customer say holy cow what are you feeding these people well that's what they're talking about is that you're not feeding them like pizza or burgers it's it's the mental intake of how they're treating the customer because how they're being treated so you have to really focus in on that So knowing that there's so many disruptions out there that deplete from that, are you providing mental gas stations? So you think about taking a long road trip, which you can equate to a long business week or a long business quarter as you're driving, you know, you need to pull the car over and refuel, get gas, go stretch your legs and and all of that. But in the work sense, Are you providing mental gas stations as they start getting worn down over time? Do you provide something mentally that keeps them going, that refuels them, recharges them into moving on to the next thing or doing a little bit more to achieve that same goal they're working on? You have to provide those as time goes on. And are you being honest with yourself and with them about the daily grind? And I don't mean... Oh yeah, it exists, dismiss it, but really acknowledging, Hey, I understand what you're tasked with doing. And then, then all these other things, these outside forces, or sometimes inside forces, pull you away from that and deplete you, get in your way, disrupt you, stop you. You got to acknowledge those things. You can't just say, suck it up, buttercup, or take a lap or whatever. You really have to understand that. And some days are just going to suck. Bar none. They're just gonna suck. There's nothing you can do about it. You can't sugarcoat it, but you got to be there in the misery with them, working side by side, acknowledging it, being a part of it. Don't shy away from that. And most importantly, does your team even know if they're winning? Have you described winning? Have you told them they're winning? Do they know without looking very hard whether they're accomplishing things? or not. And then the last piece of that is what they do day in and day out contribute to that winning. They got to know all three. If you really want your team to be humming, to to be achieving, to really be functioning at a high level, they've got to know what winning is. Are they winning? You know, like I said before, the scoreboard, you can't just look at the scoreboard, but at some point they need some kind of score to know that they're going in the right direction. And what they do matters. You got to be able to provide those things. And as a leader, are you working on a three to one ratio of positive to negative? So in the scheme of four things you're talking about, are three of them positive? Because that 
what's interesting about that is that one that's negative has actually bigger impact because it's not normal. It's like I've said before, describing the news, it's on the news because it's not normal. But when all you do is ingest news 24 seven, you think everything's bad. And that's kind of the same thing. So when all you're getting is negative, 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 everything's bad. And then you have that one-off good thing and you think, oh, everybody should be great. Well, no, because they know the shoe's about to drop and they're not gonna be fooled by that. So you gotta have at least a three to one ratio. Look for things that are good. Look for things that are accomplishments to let them know they are winning. They are going in the right direction or how they could be better, how you could be better. You got to focus in on that because thoughts become behaviors and behaviors become habits. Even subconsciously, you won't even think about it, especially what you're talking to yourself about. But the steady thoughts that you're having, and if you're a leader, when it at least comes to team dynamics, you're, you're, you're probably thinking out loud and telling them whatever it is you're telling them. So is it positive or negative? Is it helpful or hurtful? Does it drive the team forward or shut the team down, right? So whatever thoughts, those become your behaviors. When you constantly talk about those behaviors that do drive execution and profitability and sales growth and customer penetration, all the good stuff, if you think and talk about that a lot, those become behaviors. And the more the behaviors happen, they develop into habits. That's how that works. And it doesn't matter if it's positive or negative. It works that way. So start working on the questions I just asked when you think about what is the mental intake of your people? You know, what are you feeding them? How are you providing mental gas stations? Are you acknowledging the daily grind? Does the team know what winning is? Ask those questions. And remember that you have to think about your response code. And this is something I mentioned in many podcasts back about how you conduct yourself creates a response code in them, meaning their response to you. Do they hide from you? Do they confide in you? Do you inspire people or make people perspire based on how you are? And do they hold back? Do they hide? Do they uh, you know, not tell you stuff? All of that. That's what you have to think about is what is your response code you're building? So if you are a mentally tough leader, you will lead the way you want versus how you've been led. Regardless of that, you can break that cycle and do the kind of leadership you want to do. And if you haven't been, well, it's time to get started because as the uh, Japanese proverb says, the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. And the second best time to plant a tree is right now. So what did we learn today? How did you grow just a little bit? Or more importantly, how can you help someone else grow? That's the whole point of Leadership Lifestyle Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Again, hit that subscribe button. Tell all your colleagues and friends and neighbors all about the show. Give us comments, feedback, things like that. We will grow together and we will see you next week on the Leadership Lifestyle Podcast.